0: Nails Episode Five. Uh, we have Lenny Dykstra, my wonderful producer Jamie, and myself, Daniel. I'm very excited for Mike Reno, the lead singer of Loverboy, saying uh, such hits as "Working for the Weekend" and "Turn Me Loose," "Get Lucky." The guy is um, very, very, very humble, uh, which is rare for somebody who's had such meteoric success and uh, has such great commercial success. And uh, yeah. I'm very excited to ask him uh, about the finances and the back end of the business and uh, what has led to his success.
1: Yeah, what was cool is, you know, Dan, I, got to, I called him before you know, I gave him a quick call because we were ready to tune it up early. We were so excited. And he said, no problem. And I told you before we started that this guy sounded so down there, it's so cool. And, you know, it turns out uh, I bet he will be cool, you know.
0: Mike! I'm hanging with you boys today. How you doing? Mike, what's going on, bud? Love the energy. What's going on? Welcome (laughs) to Pawning Nails. I'm Dan, my producer Jamie, and uh, you got a little guy named uh, Lenny Dykstra. You ever heard of him?
2: Hey, Lenny. Oh, you bet I heard of him. He's so bad, he could be in a rock and roll band, man.
0: Yeah, that's right, man. It's a total badass.
2: I love being one of those, just to be a
1: flying earwall man. For everybody
0: everybody that doesn't know, we have a very special guest. Uh, Usually we have a lot of controversial people that do a lot of bad. Today we have a very, very good person who's been (laughs) successful for the better part of uh, 30 plus years. Mike Reno, the lead singer and frontman for Loverboy. Mike, what's going on?
2: Um, You know what? I'm hanging out here, getting ready to do some shows, leaving in a couple days for... uh, Nashville, we're playing the Ryman Theater. Can you believe it? That's the Grand Old Opry, man. Oh, the Old Baptist Church. Can't wait.
0: Where Where are you at they right now? Is... Huh? Where are you at
2: yeah. right now? Tennessee. That's Tennessee, man. Yeah, Nashville Tennessee. We're going to be there on Thursday night. Then I'm playing in uh, Waukegan, which is just uh, north of Chicago on uh, Saturday night. We just, we're always playing somewhere. We do about 75, 80 shows a year. Wow. wow. That's, uh, that's a lot.
0: That's, uh, that's very, I very impressive. Mike, um, you know, this show, Pawning Nails, we're, um, we're in the back of a pawn shop, we film live, and one of the things that we really touch up on is money. And uh, money, uh, and how people make money, and a lot of people are fascinated with entertainment, and especially somebody like yourself, who is, uh, how do I say this, a professional? And uh, we've we me and Lenny and Jamie, we were kind of fascinated on it as to um, what is it like to be a professional musician and what is it like? I mean, to, in my head, I feel like you're just killing it out there. What is it like to have to do 70, 80 shows? Is it because you love it? Is it because you need it? you know, talk to us.
2: Well, after this, after selling 60 million albums, you know, we're not doing it because we need it. We're doing it because that's all we can do for crying out loud. If we don't do that, we've got nothing to do. <laughs> I gotta do it. It saves my life. It's it's a it's a part of me inside. I do concerts for a living, and that's what I do. And you know what? I I, I often think of the sports guys having to having to quit when they're like in their 30s, or you know, mid 30s, and they and they love playing, and and they can still play but they got to quit. And I, I just, and you know, I don't know what I'd do if somebody made me quit. I'd go that's out
1: of my a great mind. Point, Mike, that's actually a great point. And, and that's something that, that the public doesn't really understand because, you know, most people are coming into their prime in their mid thirties and that's when a baseball player or a football player or any professional athlete is basically getting fired and having to find out you know, how to live the rest of their life and continue to earn income. So um I knew I should have been a fucking rock and roller, you know
0: that? <laughs> Lenny, you got to you got it you need you have to be very talented to do that. It's the only thing that uh, you're missing in the music industry. But Mike, all joking aside, um is it so it's purely the love of it? You're saying that you're you're on the road, you're how many for to do 75 to 80 shows realistically, how many days a year are you out there?
2: Well, we're up to 150 days of the year. We take a few months off around Christmas. We're off still now, but we'll be uh, back at it this weekend. And then we'll be playing all over the place. We're doing an 80s cruise uh, at the beginning of March, which is a sellout. And there's going to be every band you've ever heard of on this tour. And... um, you know, and then after that, I'm doing a whole week in New Orleans, being a, a special guest musician. You know, symposium, I'm supposed to talk, to, to tell stories and sing some songs. I, I always got something to do, which is great, because awesome. without something to do, man, I'm, I'm I get a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, bro, that's right, man. With nothing to do, it's all boredom. With boredom, leads to doing things like drinking and other things and and yeah so so like i'm with you i'm with you on that i'm always looking for something to do so when i can't find something to do i just go in the grocery store and pick up on a woman you know i'm with you
0: Mike, let me ask you a direct question, and this is going to be something a little bit strangely off-topic. A lot of people recognize your hits. You have, um, you know, you're identified with the '80s, but you're definitely not a one-hit wonder. You've had many, many hits, a lot of very successful albums. Um, if someone were to use one of your tracks, what does it cost to use uh, your? Uh, or rights and I know you might say well I don't know my business manager but come on Mike this is Lenny Dykstra's podcast and Lenny's known to be honest so what, what does it cost to use one of these amazing tracks
2: well just the other day somebody asked if they could use uh, working for the weekend for an intro track to a TV show that was going to be played all through North America and they were going to pay us a hundred grand. So, you know, that gives you a route. Uh, and that's just, you know, and then if they run it for more than three months, they got to play it, pay another hundred grand. That's roughly kind of how it goes. And then what it is, is it's played it on Tom every- Burger.
0: huh? Tom Burger. Exactly. Man, he is a tough nut,
2: a good dude. <laughs>
0: how much how much of the money what is the percentage of the money does the the star actually make and believe me i'm not trying to get into your business the reason why i'm talking about this is you know taylor swift and a lot of people are talking about how the music is not owned by the artists and the artists are um kind of at the whim of the studios and i think that you are one of the generations that are before all of this and i wanted to hear what your perspective is as to the fairness and i i like that we're using a hundred thousand because a hundred is a round number so you know the the fans will actually know how the breakdown is run us through it if you feel comfortable
2: Let me give you an example about uh, Taylor Swift. When she was talking about that, she was calling it from the patio of her summer home in Rhode Island on the beach. So let's not feel too bad about that. (laughs) No, as far as it goes, there's there's a bunch of different ways that it goes out there. I'll give you an example. When we first signed the record deal, we had a, a deal with Columbia Records and we had one of the best deals out there. It was equivalent to like a Michael Jackson deal, which he had a fabulous deal. So what happens is if your song like Working for the Weekend right. is played from the album, um, it's a fifty fifty split with the record company and the band. But if you re record the same song and pay for the recording yourself and release that new recording, which we do quite often, then we get a hundred percent of the money. That's just a wow. you know, rough estimate.
0: That's unbelievable. You know that so interesting. That's so interesting. I knew that it was gonna be something so that's one of the reasons why bands keep re releasing and re recording it so that they refresh the rights
2: exactly if you re-record you got the 100% of it really and and, and I, I don't mean this in a negative way but in the beginning um, when record companies were signing bands and taking 50% of all their publishing and stuff, it was kind of about the same as a, a, a deal with the mafia.
0: Kind yeah, of predatory. It. Predatory. <laughs> See, I made a difference. <laughs> I know what it's like. No, I, yeah. I, I mean, we joke, we joke about this, but it's very, very fascinating to people who don't know about this. And you guys wrote your own songs or did you not write your own songs? I actually did not look this up. I'm asking you honestly.
2: Well, we wrote our own songs and that's kind of why we're still, you know, feeling good about everything because when you're your own songs, that's kinda of where the lion's share of the money is in right. record royalties over the years and it goes forever. I can pass that on to my family when I go and they can pass it on to their family when they go and it's kinda of like the gift that keeps on giving. That's Just awesome. like the clap. <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> he's ears know, guys, perked you right a little, yeah, you're a little old you guys are a little older now but see so to avoid that clap, see when I was playing baseball <laughs> Is I, I would take. I was always ahead of the curve. I would take five times the, the prescribed dose of uh, amoxicillin every day. Uh-huh. So that was like having a sniper at the end of my cock. But Mike, he, I'm writing. I'm, read, I'm <laughs> writing this down. Like, yeah. uh, no way Mike. Mike is actually
0: writing the lyrics to his next song. What about? What about when you got? When you got? When you got much better? Not better, but bigger. When once you know a few albums came under the belt. Uh, did you have a lot of people trying to give you songs and say, "Hey, guys, what, what do you think about this? Did you ever go down that road? because I know that a lot of stars eventually they get a little tired or I, I don't even know what happens? No,
2: absolutely, everybody's always trying to throw songs at you, but you know what? It's kind of a good thing. It's like buying a pitcher on your team that can pitch and, and put everybody out. If we get a couple of hit songs, The whole thing progresses into the next level. You get a couple of extra hit songs on an album, no matter who wrote them, and your album sells five, six million copies. It's way better than selling 500,000. So you got to find, yeah, you got to load the, you got to stack the deck.
1: Yeah, speaking of Al, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about your, obviously, your your 81, you know, Get Lucky. There's a great story behind it, and I want to make people aware that if they're not aware, but this is like one of the most awesome stories ever, and, Okay, this is the one where the leather pants and, you know, you got your finger behind the, the little red button and no one knew who was in them pants. And it turns out, I guess, the pants were so tight that no one could actually fit in them pants. And so it turns out that the, the famous photographer, uh, David Kennedy, who shot you know, the Dylan and Springsteen, so nobody could squeeze into the pants. So you had to put his 13-year-old
2: Tamara in, in there, right? How did you know that, lady? That is exactly true. But I don't tell everybody that because I don't want to let them down. The, I, I don't want, like, uh, um, girls to think they were staring at a girl's butt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that would be. Yeah, no,
1: it's just so great, though, man, how you guys made it happen.
2: <laughs> well, a lot of times when they come up with these album designs, we're on the road playing concerts and stuff, and we don't really get a chance to see it until somebody's done it. So what happens, They fact, the guys ask, so what do the guys wear? And the guy says, well, the, the guy, guys wear like leather. The guy wears red leather pants. So that was the idea there. And then the hands forming the Get Lucky signal, you know, behind behind the behind the butt. That was pure genius. It went down as... In one of the, t- it's in the top 1,000 album covers of all time, which is, to me, I think, a fabulous awesome. thing.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, that I mean, you guys sold. I'm gonna get back into finance in a second. Look, Danny get back into finance. He's a financial guy. Okay? I'm more. <laughs> yeah. So, but real quick, that album, that album, Get Lucky sold, what? I mean, two million copies. I mean.
2: Mm-hmm. And then we went to America. I think it sold two million in Canada alone. Right. Then it went into America and we sold so many copies the record company didn't even uh, know how to keep up with it. We cut the real quickly, I have one more question. Bob Seger, yeah.
1: he's my man. Dude. Bob Seger is a badass. I think he's badass. How was the tour with him?
2: Well, Bob Seger is a badass. He sold loads, loads of records. He cut most of his biggest records
0: up in Canada.
2: So
1: I'm in the club. So Dan, take it away with the finance. No,
0: Lenny. I mean, Lenny. I think that I think that there's a lot of very interesting stories, but um, I think that we have limited time with Mike. So I really wanted to ask him some of the things that maybe some of the fans would like to know. Um...
1: Yeah, because they don't know. Because I don't know. I want. I'm interested too to understand how this financial stuff works. You well, know? a
0: lot of people. A lot of people uh, look at the '80s bands as something that, um, like I said, keep one one hit wonder. What was the success? What is the reason for the success that you and your bandmates have been able to stay together, look past some of the egos that destroy bands, and you know make sure that you guys keep a coherent family in order to basically eat together.
2: It's a good question and I'll tell you exactly what it was for us. When Paul and I, the guitar player and I, I'm the singer, when we put the band together, we looked for people and we took a lot of time. It took two years for us to find the right group of people that we knew would be able to stick together and to top it off, we made everybody equal members when it came to getting paid. So everybody was responsible for everybody else. Nobody ever wanted to drop the ball because if you drop the ball, the whole thing tumbles. And if you're getting the same amount of money as the next guy, you want to stand up and you want to make it work.
0: That's very wow. interesting. Wow. Now, how old, uh, how old were you when you made this conscious decision to build this business? Because that's what you did. You know, you 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 said, okay, well, we're going to build a business, and we we want to make sure that we grow it with the Ralph Foundations. How old were you when you made this decision with your band, with uh, Paul, the guitarist?
2: 24.
0: Only 24 I
2: don't old. know. I don't know where it came from to be honest with you other than the fact that I wanted this band to stay together and I knew that a lot of times money gets in the way. The pitcher gets more than the center fielder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. It shouldn't be like that.
0: It oh, definitely should. You're right. How many total? How many total bandmates do you have? There's uh, five of us. There's five, and each one has an exact equal one fifth, twenty percent share. Correct.
2: That's correct. The only thing that's different is when the, if a guy spends a bunch of time writing the songs, he gets, you know, he gets the record royalties more so than the the other guy.
0: Wow, that's but unbelievable. That's, you know... What happens now? You said you know, with if if I pass away, what happens? Let's say you have five guys, and to make a band, you need your. Five and one passes away, or two passes away. You're not going to have their kids up there, you know, doing their thing. What is the mechanism that's set up to make sure that the other guys are not affected by this person's death?
2: Well, here's what happened we lost a band member in the year 2000, our bass player, Scott Smith, and we sure. still pay his family an equal cut. Just so that's awesome. And that's just the way we decided to do things. Some people might not have, but we decided to do that and wow. we could sleep at night. It's respectable. Wow, that's that's
0: yeah. really respectable. I mean, a lot of people have no idea of how the finances of it works, but it, it sounds like. It sounds like your selflessness. If you had to sum it up into one word, is the best way to put it. You guys are just a little bit selfless, or very selfless. I'm not sure if you could be very selfless. They're a team, man. They're a real team. Yeah, that's a very good. It's a. It's a nice lesson for everybody that's listening out there, that has their eye on the prize. And you know, if you're if you're serious about it, you have to give up first before you get. It's I think tough, you got to share tough. you got to
2: share the wealth and everybody's on the same page. If you share the wealth, you feel good about the project. The pro- project grows and it stays it stays growing.
1: But see Mike, I got to give you credit cuz it starts with you. You're the lead singer. Okay, you're the one that, that everyone focuses on and the fact that you have that humility. I appreciate that. Thanks Lenny. I
2: appreciate that, Lenny. Yeah,
0: yeah. Lenny Lenny that's his Mike. That's why I love Lenny because he he gets to the root of it and he's very honest. That he's actually uh, I mean, that's what broke but... up
1: Guns N' Roses. I mean, this fucking Axel Rose fucking guy is the lead singer, and then you got this guy with his guitar, uh, whatever his Slash. name is. So that, Wait, but let me ask
0: Mike. Let me ask Mike. What? Mike, you have an amazing. You have an amazing voice. Have you ever been approached by record studios for deals to say, Mike, what do you think about doing your own thing and things like that? And how have you reacted? Well,
2: I wanted to stick with the band. I think the uh, for me and my situation. Um, You can't play with a better band than I've got. These guys are fabulous. And we sound great together. And we had a magic thing that I don't think you can always reproduce. So a lot of times people go solo and they don't experience any success. It's a real letdown. I didn't even want to go that way. So I'm sticking with the guys right to the end. That's my team. I want to get in the foxhole with him, bro.
0: Have uh, yeah, have you ever uh, wanted to expand on the catalog and uh, to try to get? I know that maybe recently you haven't had too much of the same you know, it's not that you haven't had the same success. It's very hard to replicate these like you know, platinum hits. Uh, a lot of people at home don't really understand what it's like for what you guys did. So a lot of, maybe some of the younger generation can't really appreciate it because of the quantity of media that's out there and you could just basically fart in a can and have it on YouTube. So have you have you
2: ever... <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Back in the day when we were cutting records, people were buying records. We were out at the perfect time. We experienced the way it should be. You cut a record, it sells, everybody wins. Nowadays you cut a record and everybody just listens to it or steals it. So there's uh, no money coming in. You can't finance the next tour, you can't. And everything went for, everything went for a shit, man.
0: Yeah, I think Lars, uh, from uh, what's it, um, when Napster came out, he was the first one that said it, he said, look, one of the reasons why you're getting such good quality is because the artists are so heavily motivated and they're getting paid so well. Uh, and now, now it's turned to uh, the rock and roll model. Now, how, many, how long do you want to keep doing this? How much longer do you want to keep touring this actively?
2: Well, I look over and see my guitar player, who's nine years older than me, and I'm not young. And I look at how much fun he has every night, and I said to myself, seeing as how him and I started the band together, I said to myself, I'm going to do this as long as my friend Paul Dean is happy. And if he's happy doing it, then I'm going to be right alongside of him. When he wants to hang it up, I'm going to hang it up.
1: Do you still party? Do you guys party Right? I mean, what I mean is because, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious. Like When I say party, I don't mean like Keith Richards partying, you know, like because. Like, like, do you guys still like have a few beers after
2: the concert? or what does it work? Absolutely, what we like the red wine, we like a little have, have a beer, you know. We, we have some friends backstage, we got a lot of friends out there over the years, you know. We've been at <laughs> yeah. this 40 years, <laughs> it's great. Hey, hey, next time I see you, Letty, we're gonna yeah, sit down dude, and have a Yeah, we have
1: me backstage, but I gotta tell you, this Tom Berger, the guy that represents you guys, this guy's a gamer, man. Jamie will tell you, this guy, uh, yeah.
0: He's on point, man. Let me ask you another question. Now, uh, Mike, sure. one of uh, – I was very fascinated to have you on the show because, like I said, um, I don't think the fan base uh, kind of understands um, the quantity of songs you guys have out there and the value of the catalog. That's why I'm so fascinated. It all it all started because uh, my brother was doing a commercial for uh, Splenda when um, – like 15 years ago, and you know the band Donovan, I think it's the English, British band, and they needed uh, a hit from them, and they said $50,000, and I thought to myself, wow, I I bet Mike Reno uh, and the, the hits are worth so much more. Have you ever been approached to buy your entire catalog, and what would be your thoughts behind it?
2: Well, we can actually sell our catalog anytime we want. And we'd make a whole bunch of money, yeah, and then we'd pay it and then we'd pay a whole bunch of taxes. So I suggest to just leave it the way it is until such times as you absolutely need it.
0: Wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. and it's now it's it's funny because it sounds like this the topic has been explored. and uh, are you a Canadian citizen or are you a dual citizen right now?
2: Uh, I'm a Canadian citizen. I just have a, a – uh, you know, I just like to get out of the uh, snow in the winter like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, of get to be my age.
0: <laughs> From a multimillionaire rock star, is it better to be a Canadian or an American citizen as far as tax purposes and um... – you know, like talk to me. What do you I'm sure you yeah, and the rest forget, of the people? I'm a does. Canadian
1: too, real quick. I just wanna jab that in there. Remember.
2: Yeah, I know you're a Canadian. <laughs> I've been talking earlier. Hey, I'll tell you what, you know what it is? No matter where you're from, if you get if you get to a certain point you're paying half the government's getting half and I'm and I'm getting half kind of. But here's the deal. When we play in the States we pay every state we play. We pay federal income taxes. Well, we've been doing that for 40 years, and we pay Canadian taxes. It's not a lump sum. What it is is it's split between the states, the, the, uh, the countries, and it just kind of rounds out to be about 49%, 50%. Hey Dan,
1: and Dan, you can't, get, you can't some, get away from it. Dan, let me tell let you something. Because he made a very, very interesting point there, Dan. What they did in baseball is they started making us pay – uh, income state taxes everywhere we played. So if we played the Reds in Cincinnati, we had to pay taxes in in Cincinnati in, in Ohio. It's funny they they made you guys do that earlier. They didn't bring that on until the late uh, 90s, uh, where we started having to pay income taxes to where was file tax returns for every state we played in. So it's just it's a crazy that people
2: have no idea about that.
0: Mike, where where in Canada are you, are you originally from? Uh, I'm from the Vancouver area,
2: and Vancouver? that's still where I live. It's oh, funny. Got a jet flying by. Oh uh, no! Daddy, don't it's worry. My about jet coming to get me for the <laughs> concerts this weekend. <laughs> wow, well, that's crazy. on boys. You got that.
1: Don't worry. no not no worries not worries not That's the no most worries.
2: powerful thing So you got
1: Matt Fernandt, you got Paul Dean, you got Scott Smith, you got Mike Reno, you got Doug Johnson, you guys are like brothers.
0: What are your thoughts, being uh, you're Canadian, and uh, marijuana's been legal forever, or at least tolerated in Canada, it's been a very relaxed thing. Now that it's becoming legalized in America, what are your thoughts about all this, coming from the rock and roll perspective?
2: Well, from the rock and roll perspective, we just recently got offered a huge deal if we wanted to basically let uh, a company use one of our songs working for the weekend. Oh, my God. And all the attorneys from uh, the immigration side said, if you do that the chances are you'll lose your working visa for the United wow. States. Wow. So you won't be touring in the United States anymore. That's how crazy it is. I, I, nobody really knows what's going on. So you don't really want to jump in until you know for sure, because if you lose your uh, uh, ability to tour in the United States, you know, that's pretty much it for us. It's
0: yeah. fascinating that you say that, um, because it, 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 it's, it's something that is so funny that, it it's okay on a uh, town level. It's okay on a state level. But once you get to the federal level, even when you're talking about on an entertainment side, foreign policy, any association with that will adversely affect your career.
1: Hey, hey Dan, let me cut in real quick. You got to hear this story. So when we used to go play Montreal, we see we made the rookies see, when we took our amphetamine and stuff, because we went through customs. The rookies had to take... We put all our drugs in the rookies' bags.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to do it. That's the way it Poor works, Poor kids, man. man. Yeah, yeah, I know, right?
0: Who are, who are some of the... Who Did are some anyone of ever victims? get busted? I know. I love,
2: it. I love it. That's what we do with the roadies.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Everybody has a role. You know,
1: you got to play the role. Uh,
0: so w- what is your what is your position? Are you pro-legalization? Do you think that it should be curtailed? What's your, uh, what's your opinion, Mike?
2: You know what the in my opinion, marijuana grows out of the ground. Who really yeah, gives a rat back like about a true it? Canadian. That's what I think. And I think people should smoke weed if they want to smoke weed, they should do whatever they want. This is uh, you know, it's it's our life. This is these people that work for us are the they work for us. We should remember that. These governments don't work for themselves, they work for the
0: people. We're the people. People I like that lady Lenny has the same exact perspective.
1: Well, Steph, the only problem is when I smoke weed, I feel like yeah, a two-year-old I, and kick my ass. It's, <laughs> I, mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe, like, but I, I am tolerant of the, anything that's prescribed by the FDA that's approved. I'm pretty good at that because in my mind, see, the doctor prescribed it, so it's okay to take it. Um, yeah, right. Right, but I don't know if that's the right thinking. but that's my story, and I'm sticking with it, you know?
2: <laughs>
0: Attaboy, Mike lady. I just really wanted to thank you so much For coming on Pawning Nails um, We really really appreciate it I'm sure I'm going to have a couple of more questions We'd we'll love to have you on in about a month or so Have a great great tour Mike
1: Reno man Mike Reno.
2: Anytime man. guys I you love
0: the
1: show
2: Anytime
0: show. Oh, Come on, <laughs> uh, Mike have a safe safe flight And uh, please yeah. keep on being a good human being And take care of your bandmates Because God watches everything And uh, you know I think you're doing the right thing and you're getting rewarded for it. Okay, bud? Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lenny. Love you guys. Right,
1: Good talking, brother. Thank you, man.